No Limit Texas Hold'em is the Cadillac of poker. You don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you. Oh, no, no, we don't use money in heaven. Comes in pretty handy down here, Bob. Oh, you just want a million? You're making a run at it, aren't you? Rolling up a stake and going to Vegas. Hello and welcome to episode number one of When the Chips Are Down podcast. From living in a van, playing low stakes cash, to battling in Bobby's room in the Bellagio. I am Andrew Viking 19 Keeper, joined by my co-host and WP champion, Joe Tihan. The SPR, or whatever the kids call it nowadays. And also my best friend, Scott. We're, we're Mike McDean out here. That's, that's the dream. Whether you've been at the tables for years or just now dipping your toe into the most complex game on the planet, this podcast should have something for you. But poker player hasn't watched Rounders and Mike McDean jet off to Vegas and think, man... I could do that. Well, this podcast is about that about a guy that did, a guy that is doing, and a guy that wants to do that. So hopefully it'll provide a lot of perspective into what all being a professional poker player is and that, what that looks like in today's day and age. Okay, so my name is Andrew Keeper, aka by K19. I've been playing poker for about seven years now. Got into it when I was in college and then played professionally for three years in Las Vegas. Went back to a real job for a little while and now I have started playing professionally once again. Majority of my play is 1 2 and 1 3 deep stack cash games here in Dallas, Texas. I also live in a Chevy passenger van that I built out at, so home is literally where I park it. Uh, which is usually behind one of the poker rooms. I'm Joe. I've been playing for 20 years. Uh, I think I'm the GOAT. I call myself the GOAT. (laughs) (laughs) And some of the some players I play with call me the GOAT. (laughs) Yeah, I'm about as good as I get, I think. Um, And... (laughs) no, I don't know. I, I, my story is I moved to Vegas with 5K. I've been playing professionally for years. Never really made money outside of poker in anything. Uh, for about eight or nine, I played very seriously until like 2011. Then about 10 years, I was kind of a retired lazy bum where I only I played very few hours and I played kind of smaller stakes. Uh, tournaments and cash games and whatnot. Um, and then just recently, it was smaller stakes for me, I guess it was like 510, um, or like you know, 1020 ish. Um, but now, like, I'm playing like some of the biggest games again, uh, that in in Vegas, uh, I'm playing like 100 100, no limit at the Bellagio, uh. So, yeah, uh, th- that's that's been like the last year or so that I've been doing that. So I'm really starting to take poker a lot more seriously again. Um, and I realize it hasn't changed all that much in the ba- in the past twenty years. One of WPT. That's that might be significant to some people. Yeah, yeah. One of WPT. I won some other stuff in the past. Uh, I don't know what I have in live earnings. Maybe about five million in live earnings, they say, but I don't know. I've done well in in some tournaments in the past. Yes, I I yeah. definitely don't have a WPT. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my name is Scott. I uh, I've been playing poker recreationally probably for the past fifteen years off and on and um my buddy andrew took it quite a bit more seriously about five five years ago and ever since then i started to take it more seriously so i'm just playing on some private sites some tournaments that the buy-ins aren't too big you know max 100 dollars, and trying to grow my bankroll hopefully grow it enough to start to play one two and get up to two five 
the dream would be to be able to do that part-time. Don't know if that's a good idea or not yet. I have gotten very different feedback all over the place, but I just really enjoy the game. I love have you know, I love just interacting with people and I just think I just think Texas Hold'em is like the coolest game in the world. Like Doyle says it's the Cadillac of poker, and I tend to agree with Doyle. So that's that's where we're at right now. Not too good, but I'm trying to get better. So what's your main goal? Like, is it tournaments? Is it cash games? Or is it just wherever you can make the most money? Yeah, I think I would like to... You know, it, that's a great question for a ton of reasons. I see guys, like, make a decent uh, percentage on cash just because it's not as variance-based as tournaments, obviously. But I'm hoping my goal is is that when I get a really solid bankroll and I become a decent cash player part-time, you know, part-time while I still have either a part-time job or a full-time job that are covering the bills at home. I would like to, I would like to get really good at tournaments because it, it seems to be where it changes most players lives where, you know, you, you bank a huge tournament for, you know, I don't know, close to three figures. And then it, you kind of just, not that you coast, but that your bankroll is so so deep as long as you don't go crazy that you can really enjoy playing poker for at a at a stake that you you know you feel comfortable at uh, for a long time. So I that's really my goal is to be able to play at a at a level that I feel comfortable playing at, and just while bringing in a decent amount of money every year. Like if if I bring home you know, 30 to 40 K from playing like two, five part time. Like that's, that would be be like, that would be amazing. That's all I'd want for poker. Sure. Sure. Is that doable? Do you think it's definitely doable? You'll know, like whatever the game you'll, well, you're playing is you'll know, or you'll feel like I am good enough to win in this game. Do you like Andrew when you when you play? Do you get that feeling sometimes? Like some games, you're just like, I know I'm better than these people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like yeah. Generally, I mean, it's it's not exactly like the Mike McDermott, you know, like if you can't spot the sucker, but like it's not really so much that. But I mean, just just you know, like you know, don't be on your phone, don't be like you know watching the game or whatever. Just be like paying attention to every hand, whether you're in it or not, and then just and just watching watching the hands that play out and and then like if 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 you can't defin if if within like the first like hour like you can't definitely say like I'm okay I'm like one of the top three players at this table for sure like then you should probably get up. Yeah. And and I think that's what it is, Scott. Like you'll you'll know when you when you're playing I I played basketball for quite a while growing up and I think Andrew could probably testify to this. Like I was, I was really good. Um, okay. So like I, the feeling that you're talking about, I understand like you step in if it's poker or a sport and you just, you just know, like after spending five minutes, 10 minutes playing with people, like, yeah, like I've, I've kind of figured this, this, this game out. And like, now it's time to really take it by the balls and, Mm-hmm. You know, do what I need to do with it. So I'm not there in poker. Like I would definitely not say that. This, now this private site where we're playing tournaments on, I might not be there, but I do feel that um, I have a pretty big edge against the the guys on here. And the buy-ins are the buy-ins are anywhere from forty-five dollars to one hundred. So having the bankroll that I have now with probably a 30% um, win rate on here. And obviously that can, that can fluctuate, but I'm cashing enough on here to where I'm hoping that I build the bankroll up on here and then take a few shots, you know, at one, two every now and then to really take some, take some jumps. At least that, that's kind of my plan going forward on how to build a bankroll and gain experience. Yeah, do that. Find a cash game. 
Because tournaments, it's hard to know how good you really are playing tournaments. It's oh, yeah, really hard. To, it's hard to gauge your own your personal level of skill. Because I mean, there is so much luck that goes into tournaments. So playing like in a deep cash game, you can learn so many like really really important skills that are a lot easier just to like translate over into like a fifteen or twenty big blind tournament stack. Yeah, that uh, that fully makes sense. I I do have a. My goal is to base it. So I told Andrew this before, like I have a few goals before I would ever consider uh, like quitting my job for a part-time job. And that was like, I would have to have a year's worth of savings uh, like for all my bills saved up. And then I would have to be debt free. Um, I would need, I would need how much money? 20% 20% of my house needs to be paid off because we got a, that private private mortgage insurance. So we're almost, we're, we're not too far away from that, but it basically cuts my house payment in half, which my house payment is only $700 at the moment. So cutting that in half would be pretty nice. And then just sure. being healthy. And uh, I, I want, I told Andrew, I want about like a year or two years worth of evidence from playing tournaments and cash that i could be a winning player because i i feel like that's the really scary part is to you know just go on like a really hot run and just run everything up and then not have enough evidence to say like hey man like you're actually a winning player over like a long sample size and then so that those are like my big my big tickets like if i can hit those goals within the next two to three years like I think I could step away from my full-time job and uh, maybe work part-time as a barber and then play poker. That's the, that's the dream though. We're, you know, we're, we're Mike McDean out here. That's, that's the dream. Okay. Nice. I would say don't do it professionally, Scott. You know, I've, I've heard that a lot and. That's all I've heard. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I've heard. And I, I totally understand that. Um, I think when I say professionally, meaning to where it could be the majority of my income. Okay. Um, so it, for some context, like I don't like six, if I made 60 grand with all the bills my family has now, like that would be an unbelievable amount of money for me and my family. If I took home, you know, 60 grand a year. Okay. So that's, that's kind of like where my, um, my expectations for poker are is like, you know, if I'm, if I can pull in that much from poker and, uh, have some side work in it and poker not be too stressful, then, uh, I'm pretty happy. I would be unbelievably happy with that. Okay. And where, what's your level at now? And you know, what's your starting bankroll? What game are you playing? Yeah, my bankroll is probably sitting about a thousand dollars right now. Not much. Um, okay. That's why I'm I'm playing these uh these private tournaments on Splash. They're only they're about what do you think, Andrew? Twenty five people deep usually. Yeah, usually like twenty to thirty. Um, yeah. And they pay they pay out they don't pay out like ten percent like they pay out like if like if like twenty five people reg like they pay out like five they'll still pay out like five people. Yeah, so I've I'm not a great tournament player by by any means, honestly. It's probably my weakest my weakest game in poker, but uh the guys that I'm playing against really are just having a good time. So it it's for me it's really one of the perfect spots to uh, study and and learn a lot and my mistakes not being that uh that crucial where I think I've been I've been ca- doing pretty well cashing. I think Andrew, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you have. So okay, so that's my tournament, and then I am probably just above break even or a break even cash player. I think I I'm an above break even cash player now. I just really have not been able to test that very much because my bankroll has been so small. 
Um, sure. I, I can't, you know, I can't go sit down at the table and really play that well with such a small bankroll. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's tough. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a winning on, like I play on a, I play on natural eight and uh, I at 25 NL and I, I do pretty well on there. But the the live games are so so different, and the card room near me is. You th- you, would you say it's pretty soft, Andrew? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's like yeah, yeah, it's like your average, yeah, your average um, uh, one two one three game um, probably like a little bit, little bit uh, better than 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 average, I guess. Yeah. So um, I think with all of that, I just think that I have a lot lot to learn like a ton i'm subscribed to a a poker a poker coaching site and just trying to get better slowly and uh really enjoy the game i think that's that is probably the point that i hear the most is that guys try to go pro with a bunch of like debt responsibilities and all i've heard from people is it causes like a ton of stress and they end up just hating the game yeah yeah, and that's that's true. I mean, when you when you're too stressed out about like the results, mm-hmm. it's brutal. It's brutal because no many first of all, whether you're stressed out about it or not, you know, it's not going to really change them all that much. And we, you know, and and one thing with poker is you don't have as much control over the results as you would think you would or could. You just don't have as much control over the results. Um, you know, and that's that's a tough pill to swallow, even after, like, you know, for me, I've been doing this for a long time, and you just don't... There's a lot of results you just can't... Because I've been friends with Andrew so long, like, and we've kind of uh, gone on, like, the poker journey in our own separate ways, but still stayed in touch through it, like, like Pete, do you think you've got like some insights of where do you think I might be as a poker player right now? Because like Joe said, it's really difficult to you know be able to be critical of yourself because sometimes you you can't be on the outside looking in. So do you have an opinion on that at all? No, yeah, no, I th- I think I I'd say you're I I'd say you're I, I would say you're you're comfortably beating one two and one three at at this point. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to like to once you have like the basic like fundamentals down to to not be beating that level and then and, and when people are just deviating so far off from what sound strategy so there are like some pretty wide exploits that that um in live poker but i mean yeah i mean as far as like just like fundamental like general strategy goes yeah i mean i'd say like you're beating the game already even if you don't have like a sample size to prove it. Andrew, there's a few things I disagree with and just like your generalizations. One is like live poker is, you know, people are so bad. Uh, yes and no. I mean, these are still the same people that play online, you know, and well, I mean, maybe not as, you know, as much, but it, it is a different game. Um, when it comes to like online versus live, but it's it's somewhat similar in a lot of ways as well, um, and it's becoming that a, a lot more similar. But but another thing is like it's not easy to beat one three or one two. It right. it's not it's not like oh this is such an easy game like everyone's beating it. No, if you're winning it one you know to become a winner at any game is like that takes. A lot of skills and a lot of like just understanding of what the heck's going on in each hand, or what the heck's going on at the table. But like to translate a one-three winner to a two-five winner to a five-ten winner, there's minor adjustments. But yeah, if you're winning at one-three, you can easily move up to the next level and the next level and win at those levels as well. Um, I think you know there's winners and there's losers at poker. Yeah, I think what I've noticed. What I've noticed most talking to Andrew and just, you know, going through a few things on some coaching sites is that, especially live, I would actually say I'm a much better player live 
uh, than I am online for a few intangibles. I have my people skills are really good. Um, like I've been able, like even going with Andrew, like I've been able to like loosen up tables and you know just get people to enjoy being there and playing. Mm. And that I think I've realized like I'm I'm pretty good at that. I'm kind of good at seeing like okay, what kind of what kind of player profile is this guy? You know, is he splashy? Is he tight? You know, if that dude's raising, like I, I probably should just fold. I, I probably should just fold queens here. But uh, so I think my instincts are really good. The problem for me that I've noticed is like what you actually said when we first got on here is when you you've sometimes it's good knowing that you're a fish at the table because I will get hot headed. And then start to play like overly aggressive and not stay disciplined, not pay any attention to the math. And then uh, after I'm just like crushing up big and then just realizing like, okay, like you're getting a little out of control here, Pat. Like you're not, you're not Phil Ivy here. Just settle, settle it down there. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I I fluctuate between that and uh, that gets me in trouble someday. So I'm really, I'm hoping the, the, deeper I go in understanding the math that it will actually bring out a controlled portion of my game that is very aggressive but very uh, aware of the situations I'm in and making discipline plays. Yeah, I think like the <clears throat> having being who you are at the table and like loosening up a table and, and whatever, I don't think that's uh really a skill i think that's just a good character trait that you sh- that everyone should have mm-hmm. i think yeah i don't do it yeah i don't do it to like uh get an edge on people it's just i really enjoy people and i, and I like playing the game and it just kind of happens yeah you're there with other people you you know you, you want to be social and you want to like i mean we're social creatures i mean this is it's a good way to like interact with people and you know, whatever. So I would, I would keep it at that, and don't forget like the bigger pictures. Like, hey, we're all people. We're here gambling. And that's why, like, I really get kind of tilted and frustrated by like the internet kids with the sunglasses that don't say a word and that overthink and take too much time. And it's like, it's like you know, let's go already. You know, you're gonna shove. I know you're gonna shove. You don't have to wait fifty seconds until you shove. Like. Yeah, let's get the shit over with already. Whatever. It's like, you know, and you don't have to act any any certain way because it's not like, it's not like, oh, he did this with his with his left hand before he shoved. That's why I'm not going to call him. No, I'm not going to call him because I have dog shit. Or I am going to call him because I have a good hand. It's like, it has nothing to do with the timing tells and the other shit. Like, that's all... So I that that part really is is frustrating and and things like that. So I, I do like the fact that that's a general uh, approach that I think is a, a good approach is just be friendly and enjoy your experience at the table because at the end of the day, win or lose, I mean, yeah, enjoy the experience. Yeah, I got I got into the game because I really fell in love with it for so many reasons. So I I hope that whatever the journey is like that i'll be able to hold on to that i think that like you said that's whether i win money or i just get to play for fun like it that's that's hopefully going to be the goal i think that's what's so appealing about about poker that people don't really think about or talk about it's like it's just an enjoyable social experience where you get to get to like Get out and and socialize and gamble. Gambling's always fun. I mean, people, you know, the the thrill of winning money. That's always fun. There's a there's a tweet by like Joey Ingram that said, uh, uh, he's like he's like, man, you know, someday I'd really like yeah. to. Just, I wonder what it's like to just like come into a poker room and money doesn't matter and just like sit down at any cash table and just make everyone scared for their stacks. I wonder what it's like. I mean, uh, Bill Perkins responded to him. He's like, it's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Uh, So, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, but it's. I think that's all attitude. That's all attitude. You know, at some point, you know, if you're playing 2-5 or whatever and you go to a 1-2 game, you can feel that way. Or if you're, you know, let's say you're, it, it, it can all be relative at some point, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Like, I, I just played this 1K tournament today, and the 1K tournament's always been pretty big for me because it's always been my own money and everything. And, you know, this just like... Well, historically, there was a time where 1Ks weren't very big when I first started playing. But then, you know, when no when you're not playing big poker anymore, that feels big to you. And, and uh, you know, I just played it the other day after having a really big loss in the cash game and i was just like why am i even here this doesn't matter to me and you know i was certainly playing like it didn't matter <laughs> i you know that's probably why i ended up top five in chips but <laughs> after day one but <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it just doesn't matter yeah um, you're either going home early or you're you're getting first place real quick <laughs> yeah um, no, but I just kind of busted that. I actually was giving it a good run. There were 650 people or something like that. And I had a lot of chips the whole time. And I still had about, mm. had about 600K at 15K big blind. And I went bust with ace king versus uh, eights, blind versus blind kind of annoying but yeah well i'm sure we'll talk some sports on here and whatnot too yeah yeah andrew's a damn good hockey handicapper i don't know what he does i don't know what yeah it seems like a four-year three-year hot streak that he's been on but yeah he's really good really sharp so yeah i'm the the best hockey handicapper if joe's the best poker player in the world so there we (laughs) go We have two goats on here, two goats. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was. Uh, I remember when 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 Nimi did did his vlog with uh with you and G- JK, and he was like, "All right, I'm here with uh, two of the best poker players that I know. Um, one of them, admittedly, so." <laughs> <laughs> as far as like um, hockey and goes, yeah, like just like a. a one minute like background on on that and where i got into that mostly uh when i when i came back had a very brief stint back in vegas um in between in between jobs from from starting my contract with 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 lockheed in orlando and for a few months and was and and uh and and joe and some other some other poker peers of mine had gotten pretty heavily into into betting some sports big time there and then and hockey it's been my favorite sport for a, a while now and so i was i was looking a little bit more into 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 hockey different different podcasts and then diving some more into some like analytics and things i like got more into like the analytical side of things and advanced metrics and Corsi and fenwick and expected goals for and against and um, and all the different metrics that that is hockey ho- tracked in hockey, and 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 there's a lot of different similar similarities between that and poker as far as like running above and below expected uh, expectation. Uh, there's that in hockey uh, as well, just like there is in every sport. But ho- hockey is like pretty pretty well uh, tracked, and then uh, and it's also not nearly bet as as nearly as heavily as something like the NFL, which is like the hardest market in the world to beat and so yeah uh depending on 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 how many games are there are uh yeah i use like one to two or three hours of my days consists of just yeah going through all the games and all the different uh stats and uh, injuries and goalies and everybody and just just kind of uh yeah going through the games and and uh making picks and yeah things are going well um everything is tracked and i'm i'm biking 19 pretty much on all socials and everything's tracked in this in this app called the action network app it's like the number one um sports app sports betting app that you can have and so you can follow me on there if you want it's all free and 
ROI and closing line value and uh, units and everything is all that's tracked uh, right in right in the app. It's pretty impressive to see uh, to watch your picks uh, throughout the year. And I enjoy betting them, <laughs> and I enjoy the uh, I enjoy the returns. <laughs> yeah, it's been well well done. It, because it's a pretty low volume sport, like like on pretty much on any given night, like the highest bet hockey game is probably still going to see less action than the than one of the, like the lower NBA games. And so because it's pretty heavily because it's low volume. And the big bets that come in do tend to be on like the more, especially early, do tend to be on the professional side of things. Books are pretty aggressive and and as far as like moving lines go. And so these lines will move like 70 cents, 80 cents from like open to close. It's, it's insane. And, and like, you're, you're never going to see that on, on an NFL game ever. Like, um, but it happens r- routinely in hockey where, where, yeah, like they'll open, open, uh, open, uh, a game as like a minus like 120 and then it'll close like minus 200, which is just That's crazy. Insane. So if you can get in there early and pay, so yeah, if, if you can get in there early and pay like, like, uh, and some people might not understand exactly what we're talking about, but like the, essentially like if you can get in there earlier, you're paying like 80 80 cents on the dollar less rake, which is really great. <laughs> yeah. And that that's your only, uh, that's the only barometer to test uh, pretty much how you're doing as a sports handicapper. Well, I mean, yeah, long run anyways is whether or not you're beating the closing line. Uh, I And, well, I guess and money won, but. I'm hoping you teach. Like, I would like to learn like how some of the betting like works. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I don't understand all of it because I watch so much basketball. I wish I could. I wish I understood it more because I think I would place more bets on basketball games if I could. Yeah, I mean, I made I made money off of you, uh, um, and just your your general insight on the on the playoffs last year just just because you're able to see the game pretty well and just have a high basketball iq and and know matchups and 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 are just able to to like unconsciously like just like break down of how um games and more important like series and stuff is gonna is gonna go so yeah i i, I definitely think that if I mean, NBA is 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 tough, but like it's yeah, not like like we said, like not the toughest. Like it's probably and will always belong to the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it, but it's also just such a long season, and you know, like hockey, there's you know, there's so so many games, right? And there's gonna be there's still gonna be spots. Um, so I, I I really yeah, I really think if you uh, if if you if you took a little bit more time and and kind of uh uh on um, uh looks more uh, into it and got more knowledgeable on the on the math and numbers and metric sides of things. I think I think you could I think you could uh, yeah bet hockey bet um bet basketball uh, profitably. Yeah the the regular season is like is so volatile right now for I mean just a number of variables like the way they sit guys they don't play like fake injuries. Have like an interesting hand or something that they wanted to to go over. <laughs> oh, if you got some hands, Andrew, I'll I'll, I'll uh, listen to. Here. Um, so playing one two at Poker House in Dallas, we're four fifty effective. There's a limp from under the gun. Uh, middle position raises to fifteen. I look down at red aces on the button. So I three bet to seventy five. Uh, and um. Um, what are, what are you, what are your thoughts on 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 that? Uh, as far as like sizing goes, I, I just like go bigger in general because it's Texas. Yeah, I was just gonna say that you're in a live cash game in Texas. If you're making it less than seventy five, you're just losing money. So I <laughs> I do think that's pretty smart. Uh, it, you know, there's things like this that's really important. It's like yeah, you're in you're in a cash game in Texas. You wanna you have aces if you know. If you think they're going to call 100, you should have won 100. But, yeah. like, you know, at some point, it, it, even Texas people fold. But, like, 
I do like going bigger. 75 is great. You know, yes, you have aces, and it's a cash game in Texas, for sure. I do like that sizing. All right, cool. Good. Um, so then um, Small Blind is pretty short. He's uh, only has 90 bucks, and he, he shoves all in. And then uh, the under the gun guy who limps, uh, cold calls, and then middle position folds. So we're uh, so small blinds all in for ninety, and then we're heads up for with Wait, the limper um, called or the razor that made it got the guy that made it fifteen. The limper called. The, limper called, okay. the guy made it fifteen folded. Okay. Right. Okay. So we're heads up. Me and him, and then. Um, uh, so flops comes four four ten with uh, two diamonds, and I have red aces, so I have the ace of diamonds, and under the gun checks. So what 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 would you normally size here with like two eighty five in the in the pot? Well, I mean, when we're betting into a dry side pot, we do want to have like. A pretty nutted hand here. Uh, we're almost always ahead. I mean, unless he's got tens. The first thing is like, okay, if this guy has me beat, the first thing I say to myself is, if this guy has me beat, am I going to be able to get away from my hand? And the answer is no. Like, I mean, sure, if he goes check, check, or whatever, and now, like, there are ways you can get away from it, but I think there's... You're just not getting enough value. You know, you want to you want to bet your hand. Your, our hand's too good to not bet and to not get value from. So yes, I do want to bet it. And now I want to think, what's my best way of sizing? The guy was in for like three bucks and then cold called ninety. He's probably got some sort of pair. Um, probably a good pair, or or you know, or or whatever. Maybe it could be a flush draw or something. But yeah, I would definitely bet something, but. Uh, a hundred bucks, maybe. Hundred, one twenty, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we don't yeah. we don't have, need to bet a lot. We don't have to bet a lot. I would probably only bet like actually, I'd probably only bet like eighty or ninety bucks again. He's probably only got two outs when he's when he is losing, or when he, you know, he he's behind most of the time. He's probably only got two outs at most. Yeah, especially plus draws. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that all makes sense. Yeah, I went a little bigger here. I went I went one fifty. Mm-hmm. And uh, any calls didn't didn't like didn't like snap call, but didn't think about it a whole lot. Um. So then, um, uh, so then the turn the turn is the two of diamonds, and he checks again. And um. We have like two thirty-five back. Yeah. So even after betting one fifty on the flop, I don't love shoving the turn. Uh, this is what you sent. I know you said shove the tu- you shove the turn. Uh, I think you know my thought process here is we're either way ahead or way behind. And now, like when we are when we are ahead. Our opponent has two outs, period, maximum. I mean, I can't think of another hand he could have that doesn't have more than two outs. <laughs> I mean, pretty much there are no hands he can have that has more than two outs when we are ahead. When we're behind, okay, we're probably going to go broke here, which is fine. Um, but I think the best way to get in that remaining $235 you know, even if you bet 150 on the flop, I think the best way to get in the rest of the money, you know, how do we get him to call again with his two red eights or his two red nines or his two red jacks or, you know, his king 10 or whatever it may be? Like, I think this is a spot where, okay, I really want to invite him in with his two outer, and I'm only going to bet like 90, 80 or $90 uh, on the turn. I would really down bet there. Uh, because, like I said, he has two outs max when we're when we are ahead, and I don't know if we're ahead now. He may have made him a flush. He could have the old queen jack of diamonds, which isn't 
unlikely. Um, sure. And technically, we could check the turn. Uh, which yeah. I don't know. You have two thirty-five back. You ready about one fifty? You could yeah. check the turn. You could check the turn. Are there three diamonds on the board at the? At the yeah, point? yeah. So the board is four, four, ten, deuce, uh, three, three diamonds, and I have the ace yeah. of diamonds. Yeah, with having the ace of diamonds there, I feel like, I feel like a check is really, it's just a good spot, you know. Like Joe's saying, like, if a diamond comes, like, who can, like that's great right there. I mean, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, you. It, I it think goes I would right. I think I would check the turn or just, uh, I mean, if you bet like 40 or 50 bucks, he shoves, you still got to call. It sucks. I, I, I don't think I would even put in the 235, to be honest. I mean, what else can, we got to give the guy credit for something. Yeah. So, uh, he, it seems like to me, he's got the old queen jack of diamonds and you're in bad shape here. So I don't even think I would bet the turn now that I think more about this hand. And I really don't even know the result, but. I would I would not be betting the turn to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, all that makes sense. So what what happened? Um so I I I I I just shoved for 235 and uh and he, he folded. Oh. Hmm. I didn't even know the result. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Damn. 235 how much was in the pot? 150. Yeah, but we're not afraid of giving him a, giving him a free card. No, there's almost 600 in the pot. Yeah, pot's 585 with 235 back. So like yeah. that, like I think that was like a really good point of like why I think this is a good hand of like uh, uh as far as like um specifically like value targeting like your opponent's range. This is something Andrew Brogus talks about a lot. Um, versus just like quote unquote like the standard play like you know clearly like shoving like the turn with like point three SBR with aces there is fine like it's you know no problem um, and uh, as far as like just like basic theory goes but um, you know when you when you really like break down break it down into like okay like what do I want this guy to call me with and how am I going to make the most money from this hand. Um, yeah, then, 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 then your decisions and sizing changes and it's not just like, oh, well I have aces I should, and the pot's really big, so I should shove like, it's not, there's a lot more, a lot more nuances and stuff like they can go into that, um, into, into, you know, into making more money. Yeah. And, and like every one of these decisions, every single one of these decisions, it's like they all affect you know what you how, how much money you're making in the game and how much you're losing whatever did andrew tell you about the the nuts the missing value on the nuts the other day no if <laughs> you gotta tell him you gotta tell him um, it was his yes. it was his welcome to texas moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just like a like a, I mean, Joe already knows because he's he's played in 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 Austin. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I had like a seven. I ended up having like like a seven on this. Um, uh, and the board was like king king queen jack ten. Uh, and so um, I think like I think and we're we we're like multi way at first, and then like the like. The you know then the you know the turn obviously gets you know four to Broadway, and I have a seven so I have the nuts and no flush draws and and so so I bet like half, so yeah so I bet like half pot and this chick raises me, and we're heads up and I'm like okay fine I call, and then rivers a brick and so I bet I I like lead out again for like half pot just whatever and she raises it again and i was like okay like obviously like we're chopping here it's just another ace so like i'm not gonna like do like the whole three bet four bet all in call all right take your money back um thing for the dealer so i was like whatever i just call and uh and she has king queen (laughs) (laughs) probably like 
<laughs> she was like, oh man, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, guy, the guy next to me was kneeling me about it. He's, he's, like, he's like, dude, remember when you had the nuts and misvalue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Why didn't you raise your gun? Even even in Texas, like people have a pain threshold. Like you hear this all the time in low stakes cash of right of like, oh well, I can't beat these guys. They just call with anything. It's like, well, are they calling anything with any size? Then you know, then that's that's the easiest game. If they if they're calling all in with like anything for any size, then that's the easiest game in the world to beat. Just shove the top fifteen percent of hands in print. Uh, and this is something that we 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 do on on the on the on the private site with with the tournaments is just going like way larger than anybody else. You know, any any solver or whatever would would have you have you going just be just because well if they're gonna call you know what's the biggest size that they are gonna call like when do they start folding because because you know you, you can go you can go five ways to the flop with with you know with ace king but you don't really want to um so like what's the size that will start folding folding out some 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 of those uh some of those hands like what's the biggest size that these hands are gonna call and just just you know and keep going up until you find it <laughs> yeah exactly that's so true who said that um a uh, uh talks some about like uh just like uh finding people's pain people's pain threat i've just always been so impressed with andrew's like ability to like do math on the fly like the guy is like he is such a brain man like if it's hockey you know if it's if it's poker math like i just feel like you're a computer sitting at at the table sometimes it's it's pretty impressive before yeah, I was I mean, like, yeah, I think I got the best hand. Andrew's like, well, actually, you know, square divided by two plus this, like, you shouldn't call. Just, just, just check. <laughs> it's yeah. all pretty simple math. It's just, it just becomes like, a, you know, getting used to, to, to calculating it and, and stuff. But it's all like pretty basic, like, Addition, subtraction, and multiplication stuff, and then <laughs> dividing that into you know converting you know, and then if you just and just memorizing like okay, like what is this in terms of pot odds, and then what what's my break even percentage? Um, it it can all sound like pretty like intimidating, but I mean, once you <laughs> once you do it enough times, it's uh you know it starts to become uh pretty natural i guess it wasn't fun at the poker table but it wasn't fun like with the results today <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it hasn't been real fun with the results here in texas so far uh really yeah not 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 great not not, not i mean i'm not like down like infinite or anything like i've only played like it's only been like like 73 hours i think and i'm down like 1100 um and that's that's oh. total. That's including that's including you know um, rake and memberships and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, no, just just yeah, like haven't haven't run like hot like or well in like big spots. Uh, like yesterday had like um, uh, won't go. We've done more than enough hands, but like uh, had like queen queen of diamonds on jack ten of di- x of of diamonds. Um, Two diamonds on the flop, but flop open-ended royal, uh, and goes raise three bet all in on the flop, so we get it in. Uh, it's like a twelve hundred dollar pot, and guy just has like queens and holds, and then yeah. um, uh, and then had like aces and like a eight hundred dollar pot. Um, had aces all in on um, king queen deuce ten no king queen. King Queen, uh, ten five on the turn. Um, uh, no flush draws available. Um, guy just has Queen two, calls off second pair two kicker. Um, hits a deuce on the river. You know. <laughs> Jeez. So just just stuff like that. And my my transmission went out in my van and had to you know replace that and uh, so. Uh, yes, but as far as like, um, but everything else aside from money, everything else has been going great. I mean, and, and hockey has been good too. So 
as you know, I, I haven't been on like on a, on a crazy heater or anything in hockey lately, but it's it's been you know profitable week in and week out so far. So uh, so that's been that's been good. And then the rest of Texas is amazing. Like I just I I really love um I really love it here. Uh, just the driving here and the culture and like there's there's just more more restaurants and things to do and places to go than you could think about and uh it's just like a, got a, like a, a a ton of people everyone's pretty friendly started playing pickleball because that's like a national sport here and uh yeah it's, <laughs> it's uh it's uh it's it's really good i, I really I, yeah I, I really i really enjoy it oh and i i don't I, mean, I, I don't know if i even i don't think i've mentioned this on the podcast but yeah um as far as my van goes yeah I, that's where i live so i, I built out the van and 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 uh live full time out of that so <laughs> most people listening to this probably know that but if that you don't now they do i'll wrap it up this week or i'm yeah. gonna wrap it up for me yeah, anyway. no. sounds cool all right guys all right man have a good night yeah thanks for coming on joe yeah for sure all right all right i'll see ya all right later Okay, so thanks for hanging out, person, or hopefully there are persons out there listening to this. We'll get better at this as we go throughout the year. Hopefully, just rate, review, give us five stars, email us with any feedback. Good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to whenthechipsaredownpodcast at gmail.com. You can send in your own hand or questions about poker. We talk to each other pretty much every day already, so the whole reason that we're doing this is to provide value to others in this space, so please if you have any thoughts or questions you might have let us know and we'll get to them keep grinding guys